meet me at the museo with Alan and Daniel. We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. Everyone, come gather round. Listen to your favorite sound. We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. We'll talk the games and all the rest about the team that we love best. We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. And we welcome you into another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Daniel Shopta, C70 at the bat at C70 on Twitter. You could also, if you're so inclined, find me at cardinal70.substack.com. Got a few extra stuff there. You can get that stuff emailed to you. You got a preview for the Reds Cardinal series coming out in the morning. So if you want to head up over there and sign up, you can. If not, that's understand that completely uh with me as always alan medlock from red dirt red bird a medlock one on twitter um we're not intentionally stealing uh mr humphreys and mr godar's um shtick but uh, this is a cardinals off day and we are going to go ahead and record our show now instead of having to try to do it during the game tomorrow night um alan you know it's the same old same old somewhat this week the cardinals dropped two series um, both the lose those series to Philadelphia, lose those series to um, Washington, and then the both of the kind of same type of thing have one game where they just explode, um, you know, put up the runs, win easily, and two games where they really, really struggle. Like, place some good pitchers and, and Nola and, and Scherzer, but you know, it feels like we're kind of still stuck in the same spot. Sure, it's not so, uh, it's almost like they're carrying a uh, locomotive that they can't just release just yet. Mm-hmm. Like they almost want to, like after the first game of the series, you go into game two and you feel pretty good about yourself, even with Corbin pitching so well and what, you know, Wainwright matching him, you go in with the lead, you know, one of your most reliable relievers, Gallegos, you know, blows one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, those things are going to happen, but it, 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 it's so much bigger when you're just trying to get moving. Like we were talking about earlier, that just feels like they can't get all three phases of the game together right now. And, and it, it, I mean, it's frustrating, but you know, we're two weeks in and I feel like everybody, but the Dodgers is in kind of the same boat. Yeah. Now, you know, the bullpen with Gallegos was a, I mean, it was an issue that night. Um, and we've, you know, people have hashed and rehashed a lot of those decisions. Um, <coughs> kind of go either way on that to some degree. Um, but are you encouraged by the fact we saw a very good start out of Flaherty? We saw an excellent start out of Adam Wainwright. And then we saw a really good start out of Carlos Martinez. Now, again, Wainwright and Martinez didn't get any support, you know, and really had a... Uh, um, well, Wainwright at least had a chance to win. Carlos never did because they never scored for him. Um, are you encouraged by the fact that the, the the rotation may be starting to become what we thought they were going to become? Well, I mean, consider I've been bullish on their pitching from day one. I do feel like they've kind of turned a corner. Um, it, it's one of those to where I, I will need to see more of a, a Carlos start to be more convinced, but I do think everybody's pitching better. Um, mm-hmm. Even you know, the, even the Gantt start on Sunday. You know, Harper got him got him twice, but how many times does that happen? Harper's going to get everybody, um, and I felt pretty good about that. Um, 
you know, Kim's early, you know, that he, he was limited in pitches, you know, between 75 and hundred, like we had her and, and, uh, and we'll, we'll need another start out of him. But yeah, I do kind of feel like they've rounded the corner yet. I, I want to, I'm ready to see what Oviedo has. That's uh, intriguing to me. You know, if they will ever announce that he is going to be, you know, one of the six that they, they plan on starting here in the short term with the 17 straight days of uh, yeah. you know, ball games. I'm, I'm curious to see that, but, but yeah, I, well, I'm still intrigued by the pitching as a whole and feel like that will be a strength. And, you know, and that, like I said, this, those Gallegos deals, yeah, that 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 hurts. But those things happen throughout a season. It's just it kind of stinks that it happens when you try it when you're trying to make up ground. So, I, I poor choice of words, but just yeah. trying to get going. Yeah, I mean, that's you had a game. It was really the first chance the bullpen had to be the bullpen, right? I mean, they had a little bit of that in the Miami Cardinals rallied, you know, late in one of those games. They had a chance to lock it down, but this was. This was that kind of game we thought the Cardinals were going to be playing. That low scoring, come behind, get it to the bullpen. They get to the nine outs or whatever it is, and we go home happy. Um, and then to take one of those first opportunities and not even just – it was hard to say it was even a bad night to some degree because it was just – you know he wasn't missing by a lot, but he was missing by enough. You know He wasn't just getting hit all over the yard. Um, but then uh, he just didn't – it just didn't work out. And I, you know, I know there's a lot of people questioning how that worked. And I was kind of a little bit at the two, but you know, kind of shield explained it afterwards. And I think there's some logic to the point of, of keeping guy in there, but you just got to hope that he get it pushed that away. Um, I do have a little bit of concern on guy I think maybe it's just because when I've seen him either in the spring or the couple times this year that he's maybe not been as sharp, but, you look at his strikeout numbers, they're good. Um, it just feels like those kind of nights are going to happen, I guess. Um, I mean, is that that's really what it boils down to, right? That, yeah, that's the way that I would. And, and that may be, uh, you know, sunny side up in it, you yeah. know, to look at it that way. But I felt like he's been strong. You know, it was it was really ugly in the spring. Couldn't get any, couldn't get really get any guys out. And then, you know, kind of turned the switch in, in the regular season. And I, I felt like he's fine. And it's one of those, those situations. I feel like you're – the Cardinals, I think she'll if he feels like if you can get to a situation to where he's getting the ball to Gallegos, Cabrera, Reyes, Hicks is soon to be at that point. I think that he feels pretty good about a game, about their chances of winning a game. I think that's what he wants to get to. Um, and, you know, I think Webb may fit into that, maybe less so than he did. Miller's lost a little bit of confidence. But I think Helsley's pitched well enough to where mm-hmm. he's kind of He's becoming that swing man in that six, seventh innings to get to the to the, the heart of the bullpen. But yeah, I mean, the, we're going to see the ebbs and flows of that pen. I think it's going to be strong before it's all said and done. But uh, but I can kind of understand your concern. I, I think that we get lulled away with these uh, these the bullpen being so good that they're going to be unhittable that that and they're just they're not. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is kind of force fed with the Miller situation. You know, that's uh, it, it, being at the game that night. I will tell you, sitting over, I couldn't believe the movement on Miller's ball. And it's funny because him being so big, he looks like he's releasing it right in your face. But he fooled nobody. Mm-hmm. And that's that was the concerning part. You know, I know we talked about it with Ben a little bit last week where, 
we're going we're any any reliever you get past Tito Francona, you're gonna probably have some wear and tear on the arm. And I think we may be seeing that with Miller a little bit. And that's that's I would like to have a little more confidence in hit with in him. If not, I would have complete confidence in the bullpen. Yeah, I think you know, I've bashed on Miller for the last year or two, it feels like at times, but I also think that yeah, you know, he is older. And you're right. He's had that that wear that maybe a little a few of those bullets are gone. But it's just he's not going to be that hundred percent guy like you would like. Um, he's still probably going to be successful seventy five percent of the time. Um, it's just that twenty five percent feels large because of the bullpen that you feel like is probably closer to ninety most of the time. Yeah, and and the weight of the moment he can be pitching in a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, and it's not. It doesn't feel, and I'd have to look at the stats and see, so I could be easily be wrong, but it doesn't feel often like he's, you know, it's two singles and a walk and a walk and something. It's like a home run and a double. I mean, he's hit hard <laughs> when he's hit. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah, even, I mean, I mean, I don't know if that's more frustrating or, or less, or it's more frustrating to see a, a you know, bases loaded walk for like Iagos, but um, it just feels like when he's off, it's pretty clear, pretty obvious, pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean that's that's how I felt. I mean it was I believe it was the first five guys that he faced reached the mm-hmm. night I was there. And I was like, man, it's amazing to me to see people touch him up. And it's uh yeah, like I said, and it's uh probably wear and tear and he's not the reliever he used to be, but it's still when you when you watch him warm up and you watch the release point, I mean it's pretty scary. But you know, he doesn't fool a lot of guys, and that's when it, that's that was the most worrisome part to me. Yeah, you're all right. I wanted to get back because you mentioned Helsley, and of course you would, um, because <laughs> I know he's your man, and then you very rough. Um, you know, those first couple of outings this year were like, "Hey, what's going on here?" You know, is you know, is the league catching up to him? But he's definitely settled into that. It feels like what about that seventh inning role right now? That uh, you know, if the starter can go six, they uh, and uh, with a lead, they're going to turn it to Helsley probably first. Um, and he's done a really good job out of that. He's got his strikeouts going. And um, I think, you know, I think there was, you know, after that first couple of games, I don't think anybody would have thought that, you know, three weeks into the season. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And it's uh, it's one of those two. I think some of it has been performance and some of it's been the opportunity that they feel like they're going to be able to move Hicks along a little bit sooner than they, they expected. I mean, it, the other night, whenever – I wondered if the Cardinals could score there in the eighth inning after the Gallegos blow up, if Hicks wasn't going to get the ninth inning because mm-hmm. he'd been, he had warmed up at that point. Right. And I wondered if he would have gotten in the game. I know that you, you had written about that. It never made it to that point. We didn't see, but I did wonder if they were going to set Reyes for Hicks at that point, And then we could kind of start seeing some of that transition there. So I, I think that Hicks is impressed. I, and that has really opened the door for Helsley and, and he's, and he's ran with it, you know, and I feel, I feel pretty confident, confident with him in there in at this point. And there were some points in Cincinnati where I didn't, I, you know, you mentioned Hicks, and you're right. They warmed him up twice in this national series without using him. And I was, and I, I went back look at today, and I couldn't find it. So it probably was just my mindset, or maybe I heard something at one point in time. But I kind of got that impression that they weren't going to typically warm him up if they weren't going to use him. You know. Um, and I'm sure now, after he's warmed up two days in a row, I know he's got the off day, but if he warms up on on Friday, I would expect him to come in. Uh, he probably comes in anyway. It's been a while since he's pitched, but sure. um, uh, you know, I don't know how 
I don't know if he's to the point where they can just treat him as a every, like like everybody else, or if there's still some. You know, I know they were talking about you know introducing pitches and and kind of easing him up into that now ninth inning, but can they kind of treat him like a regular reliever now, or is there still some hesitation there? Yeah, it's a good question. I I mean I I wondered about that. The uh, you know we kind of had that conversation last week with Hawkman about mm-hmm. um, about maybe you know what's it going to look like whenever your best pitcher is pitching the ninth inning, and and maybe some situations where it's not that important. Um, which is which that worries me a little bit, but I think you can read the tea leaves that that Hicks will probably start getting later game exposure at this point, which kind of opens the door for Reyes pitching multiple innings and in, in different angles, and may even get the ball to start the game. I don't know, but to back to your question, I, I I would think so, but they're always so cautious about these things, and you know tomorrow he'll be in in the fourth, and you know one of those. <laughs> I hope that's not the case because we'd yeah. probably be in trouble. But I'm yeah. just saying, you know we. Some of the reporting and everything is spot on about what guys are saying and and uh, what you can expect, and then you'll kind of see some things get kind of blow up. And the next line is, "Hey, well, we, you know, we have to handle this with kids' gloves. This is for the future, not just this season type situation." So, you know, some of the stuff that we always hear, but I, I don't. It seems like they're really ready to ramp him up the, you know, the quickest that we've seen. Um, but I would have probably said that before the national series as well. Yeah. And you're talking about mixed messages, if you will. Um, we heard it was reported. I don't think it wasn't rumor. I mean, Jeff, uh, Jeff Jones confirmed this to me uh, on Twitter. I'd pretty much seen it from, from Derek Gould. I thought as well, Kim's first start, they were having him ready to go for a hundred pitches. It, that's what they were telling the media. That's what they were telling everybody you know, comes around the third inning and they pinch it for him because he's at like 70 or something, 65, something like that, which seemed weird again, especially since you're trying to, you know, stretch these guys out so you don't have to use the bullpen. And then after the game, they say, oh, we were aiming for 75. I don't, I don't know what the crossover is there. I don't know if there's a reason they were telling the media one thing and doing something else. Um, It seems a little bit early for gamesmanship, uh, you know, or anything like that. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it was good though. I, I think Kim's start, except for that, you know, a couple of hiccups was pretty good. And I think we felt pretty confident about him going out there and pitching a hundred pitches this weekend against Cincinnati. But I don't, it just, that just kind of struck me weird. I don't know that it means anything. It just struck me weird. Well, yeah. And, and I don't think any of us expected a long start. He hadn't, he hadn't pitched this. He hasn't pitched in a while. Right. Visibly. You know, we haven't seen that. It's been on backfields and, you know, in Sage and, and, and though, and, in that area, that arena. So I didn't know what to think of that. I did, I did think it was fishy. You know, I was like, I, you know, I mean, 25 pitches, we, we, we understand, but, and we knew it wouldn't be long, but I did think that was a little bit weird, especially how there was just kind of a mixed message somewhere along the line. And, yeah, I don't know. I feel like yeah. we're seeing a lot of that right now. And I think it, some of some of those situations, I feel like we just have the team under a microscope so oh, hard sure, we're going to sure. find everything, any negative they got. And, and, and there's an awful lot to find right now. And I'm that's the beauty of bringing on an Arenado is now your expectations are that much it, that much higher, and you're going to try to look for the cracks a little bit more. Well, and I mean, and we're we're doing a podcast. We're both yeah. on Twitter, you know, right things of that nature, obviously that kind of fan 
and, and again, we've got a lot of them, a lot of, especially people on Twitter. I think, I think those kind of fans are more focused on the team a lot of yeah. times than just the guy that turns on the TV at seven fifteen and watches the game. And yeah, I may complain about it, but doesn't necessarily get worked up. My, my dad's like that. My dad will watch the game and he'll come in the next day and say something about, well, I can't believe they did such and such, but you know, it's just kind of a passing more than anything. You know, he's sure. not, <laughs> he's not sitting down writing 1500 words about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. uh, unlike, unlike some others. So, um, and so we're going to find those kind of, we're going to be looking sure, at those kind sure. of things and, um, I'm get the next, I don't want, you know, I don't want anybody to think that, you know, I'm shooting arrows there. No, I mean, I get you. I know what you're saying, but, uh, you know, we do, we do kind of pick on stuff and maybe we shouldn't. So it's really what I'm getting at is, I mean, yeah. because a lot of this stuff and you've pointed it out and you said it earlier, you know, the, the, everybody's in kind of in the same boat. Um, all the teams are kind of right there together for the most part. Um, the Cardinals are actually right now in last place in the central, but they're like, what, three games out three of, of first. I mean, they got a chance with a good weekend to be tied with the Reds for second. And, you know, maybe even more depending on what happens with Milwaukee. Um, a lot of the stuff every year, we, we tend to forget this every year. There's something that's going on in April that's completely forgotten about by August. Um, it's just the nature of how it is, but we're so focused on what's happening day to day that we think it's a big deal. And sometimes it works itself out. Sometimes it doesn't. And then, you know, that's the kicker is trying to figure out what is important enough to, you know, really focus on and what is going to work itself out, which brings us, of course, as it always does (laughs) back to Matt Carpenter. It's the, the topic that we can't ever avoid. Um, and to be fair, most of us don't try. Um, but you know, Carpenter's hitting 081. Um, he has three hits on the season. So I was correct for, uh, for chirps that he would have more hits in, um, in April than he had at spring training. I got that part right, but that, that was a little bit of a low bar perhaps. Um, and he's starting, still starting fairly regularly. Now, Tyler O'Neill comes back this weekend. Do you think that that will change the dynamic that you're going to, because we've talked about it. They've talked about it. We want to see what their outfielders have. You've got to, it seems like you got to play Tyler O'Neill all the time. You're going to play Dylan Carlson all the time. And Justin Williams has played well enough that, you know, Tommy Edmond needs to slide back to second, right? I mean, do you think that's what we'll see most of, at least this weekend? I want to say yes to this so badly because I feel like, that's their best look. I feel like Williams has done enough to be in the lineup. I think he's performed well. I really like him. And I feel like O'Neill needs a shot. And I feel I feel like they need to work this outfield out now, knowing that Bader is on the brink of coming back within the next three weeks to a month. Mm-hmm. You know, and this gives you a chance to do it. My biggest fear, what they're gonna do, and we've seen it before is we're going to see a situation where Williams probably plays left tomorrow and they give O'Neill just that one extra day, which we've heard, mm. and Carpenter plays second. Or I'm afraid that they're going to play O'Neill in left, Edmund in right, and Carpenter at second because I've just seen too many lapses like the base running yesterday, the bad jump on the, on the full count, 
for the double play or the the relay throw in left field, and they're going to hang that on Williams much more than they should to buy Carpenter a little more time. Um, and that that's my biggest concern because I feel like Williams is turning the corner where you can put him in the lineup. I mean, hit hit off the lefty twice, you know, in the um, in the national series. Um, yeah, I know that's going to be a situation where O'Neill plays and uh, they're going to have to find some at bat somewhere. But I feel I would really like to see a run out of that lineup without Carpenter for a little while. But I don't think they've convinced themselves that Carpenter is somebody that's destined for the bench. They think he's going to break through. And I mean, that gets us to a, a conversation that I think all of us have been kind of having over the last week is how much do we buy into? I don't want to buy into because that sounds yeah. wrong, but yeah, um, into the expected stats. Ben Sabruti's got a big thing talking about it on his latest um, conversations with Sabruti with Dan Buffa, and you know he's talking a lot about the expected stats, both hitting and pitching. But we're going to focus mainly on Matt Carpenter, you know. And again, all of this, some of that stuff really looks good, right? I mean, he's high on the hot, the hard hit. Rates. He's high in barrels. He's high in, you know, exit velocity. Um, but the results aren't there. Now, Ben Fredrickson had a pretty good article today kind of showing what, you know, some of the, some of these things kind of trying to mesh them together, see how they work. Um, but what was it around to? I mean, I don't know. I was watching, I think I heard what the last the the game yesterday Wednesday when he flew out at the end of the game. It was a ball that had I think I don't know I may be wrong, but I, it had like a, a seven fifty expected batting average on it. Let's say I I think that's what it said. I, I may be wrong, but when I look at the, watch the play, yeah, it didn't seem like it was that much of a. It just seemed like a routine fly ball, right? Sure. Um, and I'm not sure if it's me. I don't know if it's they're able to position him very well. I don't know if it's, he just doesn't have enough power anymore, even though he's hitting it harder. I don't know how that works, but it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like when we watch Matt Carpenter, that he's close to a breakout. It doesn't feel like, man, he's got robbed by some good plays. Occasionally. Yes but it doesn't feel like that's the consistency. And so I'm, that's why I'm having some, some problems again, not that the, the expected stats and things are wrong. Um, although Ben was talking on his podcast about how some of that is being adjusted because of the new ball and things of that nature. But um, so not that they're wrong. I'm just trying to be able to c- c- process that it doesn't look like he's having bad luck, but the numbers say he is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and no, I agree completely with that because there's a lot of the things that I will, that are, that are way over my head, mm-hmm. you know, of, of, of some of the numbers that you just rang off and it's tough for me to differentiate, but we just know the results aren't there. They're going to turn around and point to some of the same things that Williams has, be, has gotten on track because you hit the ball hard enough. It's going to fall somewhere. You know, that's the things you you've told since you're in, in little league. Right. Um, but, but yeah, you're right. And there's an element to me that feels really guilty about having these conversations about Carpenter. And a lot of it has to do with I was there for the homer. 
and mm-hmm. the way that the crowd treated him was pretty special. And that's why I think it's special to be a Cardinals fan. But I wonder at this point, and I feel like this is the truth, is that he's blocking some other guys, and you're actually blocking a situation at this point that they went in with the mindset that they're going to clear up. I mean, Dexter Fowler is not a Cardinal right now mm-hmm. because they want to play the guys that are available to play. Right. And tomorrow, what's going to happen, I I hope I'm wrong and someone can, can bash me on here, <laughs> is Edmund will still be in right and Carpenter will be at second. And I, I'm not even sure who's starting for the Reds. I, I mean, I haven't even looked that far ahead. Uh, Sonny Gray starting tomorrow. Okay, so it would be a, it would be a writing, and it, that may be somebody that Carpenter has some numbers against. Maybe I, I don't know. I really say I'm not even looking. I'm looking at the Zen yeah, I can pull it up right now. And uh, but I do think that may be a step back at this point. And what I concern what I'm concerned about is they're just going to run this out until they just can't do it any longer. And that may be the point that that they may be doing it that long. But what's the end game? You know, I mean, that's uh, are you going to bury him to where he has no self confidence, and then he's, you know, he's a pinch hitter every every so often? I mean, I don't know. So it's a dangerous game that they, that they have going on right here, and yeah. uh, it's one of those to where their gamble at almost better pay off. Yeah. I think to some degree, some of the reconciliation for me may be that you know you talk about barrels and you talk about hard hit percentage. But as far as I know, and again, you're right. I'm like you. Those expected stats, I kind of get the idea of them, but I don't necessarily know all about them because I'm too old for this stuff. Sure, um, sure. You know, we grew up right before that sabermetric revolution and old dogs, new tricks type of thing. Yeah. But but the biggest thing is I don't think they factor those things. Don't they're, they're like how hard he hits the ball when he hits the ball. Matt Carpenter has a 36% K rate right now. Um, highest on the team concerning. except yeah. for for Tyler O'Neill and, and you're right if if you're not hitting if you can only hit the ball you know a, you know for 60 percent of the time you know and then after that then you got to try to get something out of it no wonder the things are bad yeah and you know you and I had the conversation on several shows in 2019 about why do you lead off the guy that's so easy to defend at this point? Right. You know, you you let off the guy. You you had four three putouts across the board on Carpenter when he was leading off in nineteen because he hit into the shift every time. Right. That hasn't corrected itself, and I I'm I'm kind of a buy in on the uh, on the power aspect of let's just try to hit over it, but he's he's not. Mm-hmm. You know that right. that's that's concerning. You're thinking, you know, what what happens here? And I, like I said, there I have some guilt about having these conversations, but I also don't like to see eight and ten, you know, after the first first eighteen games. Yeah, and I mean, you're right. I don't I don't enjoy talking bad about Matt Carpenter, and I I don't know that we are because I, no, I mean, to I some agree. degree, because we're not agree. talking. I'm not I'm not questioning he's trying his hardest. I'm not questioning that he's doing the best he can. And I'm not saying that he's trying to get himself in the lineup. Yeah. Um, you know, and if, and just like when he hit that home run, if Matt Carpenter can do something that'll help this team, I think everybody's going to be very, very excited about that. Um, sure. The problem it, becomes when do you, when do you draw that line? When do you yeah. say, okay, look, this isn't going to work. It's not that you're not getting enough plate appearances because, you know, you're getting a number of starts. It's, you know, it's just not happening. I think the, you know, I wrote about it today, 
but you know, Matt Carpenter is legendary in um, bases loaded situations. I mean, he, he just yeah. is. I mean, that's just yeah. what his career has been. He has, you know, more often than not come through in bases loaded situations. And then for two of them to come up yesterday and him to strike out and fly out kind of makes you feel like there's something, you know, structurally wrong here that, you know, if he can't even come through in these situations where the, you know, pitcher's got to come to him and things of that nature, how is he going to be able to do it um, regularly? And I don't know. I mean, they're not going to, we've had this discussion. We're not going to cut him. They're not going to, you know, the best you can hope for is to put him on the bench and let him pinch hit and, you know, see if, you know, an occasional start here and there, but I, and definitely, I just don't see with Tyler O'Neill coming back how they can justify that. You're right. I mean, that, that they could do it, uh, you know, push it off a day or something like that. But when O'Neill comes, he's got, I mean, he's got to play at least for a while. And by the yeah. time you got to play him at least, and then by the time he might not want to play, then it's Bader's turn. Sure. Well, and you, you the nail, hit the nail on the head. Now I was going to kind of transition to that a little bit and, and with, with Carpenter in mind. Um, you know, we talked last week about how how bad is the offense when we're hoping, when we're really looking forward to O'Neill and Bader coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was funny, and I kind of laughed about it. But man, I'll tell you, defensively they're they're missing a beat. We know that, and but we expected it. Two of their better defenders, one who's won a Gold Glove and one who will, you would think, in center field, is uh, they're out. We knew that we knew some things would would happen, but I'll tell you this: they're boring to watch offensively and I like the fact that you when Edmund and O'Neill are in the lineup you know that they can run and that's going to add an element to the team that they don't have when Carpenter's in the lineup right. and uh, you know like I said just like we talked about it's this isn't a pouring on but man there's time there's times in the game where it's they're just playing boring they don't move at all they don't move runners it's uh it's pretty stale and we've said that you know mm-hmm. in the past couple of years and that's one element that that O'Neill brings, and and like a, like when we had the conversation a couple of weeks ago, to where I know that it's kind of pretty easy to to bash O'Neill, and, and I'm not one of the I'm one of the guys that worries if he'll ever be fully healthy, you know, type situation. Yeah. But I like the fact that he adds the element where you bet you have to feel the ball clean, or or he's going to beat you to the back. And I like the fact that that he's a base stealing threat and they can move and they can do some things differently because, man, they have been stagnant since he's been out. And it's almost been boring to watch. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's that feast or famine, right? I mean, they haven't, of course, they haven't had base runners to do much with. But even when they have, it's, well, you know, yesterday, you know, you had a chance, double play. Um or the, of course, then the one time they did try to do something with the hit and run didn't work out for them either. So, you know, you know sometimes you just snake. Pit, <laughs> Not a lot of running nor hitting on that. one. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's a bad jump. I mean, it was terrible. I was like, there's no way. I mean, this was awful. Yeah. Um, it didn't, I, I had, tw- I have Twitter up right now and, um, uh, Van Hickelstein and Ben Srudy, who we've been talking about, who's got to feel like he's got his own. He got he's getting a guest shot on the show. He's not even on it today. Um, but they're going back and forth with the tweets, and it's very interesting because Ben noted that Carpenter was hit on the hand um, in 2018, and Van Hickelstein then points out since that hit by pitch, Carpenter's hit 206 with wow. uh, a 325 on base and a 352 slug. Um, 
you know, there's something to that. And then it talks to, and of course, Ben also points out, you know, Paul DeYoung's numbers haven't been that great since he was hit yeah. a couple of times. Um, there's something to that. I mean, because I, I mean, coming back from that's difficult, but coming back from that at whatever, you know, 35, 36, you know, where we're at with Matt Carpenter is difficult as well. Now it doesn't necessarily, although maybe indirectly talk about the fact that he's not walking as much as he used to. Um, I would expect for me hit on the you know wrist injury um, to be to get more soft contact and things of that nature, which was not what we're seeing at Carpenter. You're seeing no contact or he's hitting them hard. <laughs> um, but you know those things those things all tie in and, and what you might think is obvious, you know there's indirectly it, it does lead to that. so it's it's very interesting. Yeah, and it, it, you know it makes sense, and I I never think about those things. You know, mm-hmm. we get so wrapped up in the in the moment that you know that you could, I felt like you could see a lag with uh, Wainwright's Achilles. You know, yeah. his his balancing was bad, and, and almost anybody who has one of those hand lower or you know upper wrist injuries, they battle, and it, that worries me about the Molina situation a little bit after taking that foul ball, but he did double later in that game. So, yeah. you know, that's well, and Yachty's been hit so many times yeah, he's thumbs and everything like that. I mean, yeah. he's got bionic hands or something by now. Yeah. I don't know. Um, if you're talking of injuries though, um, that might let us transition to you know, Paul Goldschmidt who sat out the home opener with back issues. And since then, since he sat out, it's hitting, you know, under 200, um, he's had a couple good games. He's had a couple, he's like a three multi-hit games, including that three hit game against the nationals. So there are, it's not, I don't know that it's a significant thing. I don't know if it even is a thing, but it is tough to see him struggle even either through a slump or through issue, injury issue. At the same time, Nolan Arenado has kind of slowed down yeah. a little bit after that burst of adrenaline that he had of playing for a new team when those two guys aren't hitting if both of those guys aren't hitting i don't know that there's much this team can do to get the offense going because it even at the bottom of that lineup goes it's going somewhat you got to have at least one of those thumpers hitting yeah. some sort of thing no i completely agree with that and you know it's it's funny I believe that Goldschmidt is historically a slow starter. Yeah, we've talked about that before. He he talked about that a lot in uh, 19 when he came over. Yeah, I I think that may be some of the case, too. And and you never know. But that also, I understand there's a respect for me that they're not, that they're, the pragmatism, they're not going to change things on a whim. They're going to, they're going to ride them out. Mm-hmm. I still would love to see what happens if you have the two switch hitters at the top of the lineup to cause to cause not only damage but to cause some some movement to help some of the the big boppers. Um, I don't think we're going to see that. I thought Zach Silver put it very well when he was on here that it's going to have to be catastrophic for them to change that, mm-hmm. and that and it, he even included DeYoung in that. And we've kind of seen it. You know, I feel like to me. You see DeYoung down in the lineup, and you're like, if he's doing that out of the sixth spot and playing his shortstop, you've got a your pretty deep lineup. But, you know, one game after it, he's cleaning up again. Yeah. You know, one of those type situations. But, yeah, back to it, if, if they don't hit, it, it's a lost cause anyway. You know, that's uh, that's that's the plan. That that was how the lineup was supposed to go and everything was supposed to fall into place between those guys. I, I feel like those two are such students of the game that you're going to see both of them get hot. 
Arenado's better than I thought he was. Mm. And I think that it could be a West Coast deal. It could be speed. I haven't seen him regularly since Tulsa, you know, type situation. But he really impresses me. And I feel like he's probably, you know, it, I could see him breaking out at any time and it being sustainable for a year. And, and I've, after that, if one of them gets going, I feel like the other one will. And they could be pretty dangerous at that point. But, you know, if they're not and you could be creative here in the beginning and kind of move some pieces around just to see. I mean, keep them back to back. I mean, don't let up on any reliever and, and do it that way. But I feel like Carlson's one of those guys that's, that's kind of ready for an advancement in the lineup a little bit. And I think you can be creative on how they do it. I'm just not convinced they can they can talk themselves into it. Well, yeah. I and mean, we've seen Carlson's hitting better overall. Indy Young is hitting somewhat better. I mean, he's sure. batting average is over 200 now, which again, we know, but um, it's something. Um, and he's hit for some power, you know, yeah. another two home run game. Uh, it may just come in waves with him. I don't think. Yeah. And, and, well, like we've said before, in six months, we're going to look down, we're going to look down the line and you're going to think, man, that was a pretty good season. You know, and they, mm-hmm. it could be 20 homers. It could be 25 doubles. There's going to be some numbers that are impressive. You're just going to have to get through the lows. Yeah. And that that's where I think that, that DeYoung gets exposed a little bit. Yeah. But I have felt since Mike Schilt came on, and he couldn't do it as much last year, but a little bit in 18 when he came on, and 19 when he was there, it feels to me that he spends – like maybe the first half of the year and maybe not that much, Mm -hmm. but figuring out what he's got, you know, and it may be playing Carpenter a lot. It may be leaving Goldie Naranato up there. It may be, you know, letting Molina hit fourth or whatever and trying out the pieces. And then the second half putting that, you know, putting that knowledge to work to some degree. You know, I don't know that it'll work that well. Um, it seems to, it worked in 19 for sure. It worked in 18 because we, that first week or so, I think after Schilt took over, we were kind of still complaining and grumbling and then they took off in August. Um, I I do think that there is a lot of, like you said, saying the course right now um, because, you know, it's three weeks. Uh, it's, we're just now past the, 10% mark of the season. Um, yeah. There's a lot, you know, if you, if you overreact to three weeks, you could be a problem. Now the problem is trying to figure out what, if you're overreacting or not, um, yeah. you know, cause every, you know, we talk about it and, 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 and we're close, everything's close, but these games do matter. You mm-hmm. know, it'd be nice to be, you know, yeah. 12 and yeah. six right now, you know, and feeling good about yourself, but yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it's one of those to where, it, you know, ultimately when the season writes its own story, we're going to look back and go, they went four and two against the Nationals, mm-hmm. who ultimately may be the fourth place team in the East. You yeah. know, that's that's one of the ways that I, I look at it. And, you know, it, it can be a little rough. Well, I mean, we thought going into this season, and we haven't, the Cardinals haven't had a chance to deal with it yet, but it was almost like the four teams were going to be tight and whoever beat up on the pirates, the most won. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's kind of that idea. I mean, you're right. If you look back and you go, man, you only won, you went 10 and eight against the pirates. Well, that might be enough to keep you out of first place. Cause everybody else has gone yeah. 15 and three against them or whatever the case. Now the pirates to be, to, to their credit are better right now than I think some of us expected them to be. Um, we'll see how long that lasts, but exactly, um, exactly. I mean, they are professionals, you know. Right. We, 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 you and I have had this conversation a bunch on here, so 
Right. Um, it's, I mean, um, at every, every game is, you just never know what's going to happen. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I think that you're right. They've got to win some games that they need to win. Um, and, you know, fortunate right now that they're not too far out of it. Now, Cincinnati comes back to town this weekend. First time these two teams have gotten together since the Maybe. rumble. <laughs> um, I don't really expect anything. I mean, Jake Woodford obviously isn't here, which doesn't matter because he wasn't trying to hit Castellanos anyway. But it does leave one of the, you know, fuse is gone um what uh, do you expect anything this weekend i would bet somebody loses a pitch on castellanos think so (laughs) i would think so this weekend i think we'll probably see a little bit of something i think that may even push it i i don't know i expect to see something i I, benches may not clear but i would think something like that would happen well they've got to figure out a way to pitch him i know that much that's that's Um, part of it as well uh we saw how and he's, you know, he's obviously had a good season so far. Um, he slowed down some, then hit another home run today. Um, of course, I think everybody on the Reds hit a home run today. Uh, they still lost. Um, you know, they got to figure out how to, to get him out. Cause it feels like they had a pretty good idea of that. The rest of the team, you know, but yeah. it was always Castellanos coming up at the, or the wrong time or hitting the big three run home run or whatever the case may be. Um, not saying that if they shut him down, they're going to win the series, but you like your odds a lot better. And and you look at the pitching matchups, it's Gray versus, um, it's Gray versus Kim. I think it's Molly versus Gant. And then it's a rematch of opening day, Flaherty and Castillo. Um, but you look at that and you, I'm still not sure about Gant. Some of his numbers, I mean, ZRA is good. I looked at fan graphs today, his expected ERA, which again, we're getting into those kind of ter- you know, those kind of things, but his expected ERA is like seven something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and probably mainly to do with the walks and things of that nature. Um, but, you know, overall you look at the pitching, you think you're okay and you feel good about your bullpen. If the offense shows up, I mean, this could be the first series they win since that Miami series. Yeah, that that they need a series win in the worst way, and I mean I know that's one of those like understatement of the year, but that's that's part of it. I mean that's you know the La Russa method. You're not going to win them all. You're not going to win them all. Win a series, you know, just, right. just take, a, not, take a series here and there, and and ultimately you're going to be where you want to be where that that where that goes. But it seems like they're they're on the rubber match every week. You know what I mean? That they can't win the first two of a series and, and glide. It's they need a couple wins. I was that's why I I I this felt like the Gallegos blow up was so much heavier than it was, yeah. and I wasn't even really that upset about it until you see, you know, Scherzer just sticking to him. And it's it's one of those just get in to win it. You win it over the Reds, and uh, you feel pretty good about yourself. Somebody point. I wanted to double check this because somebody on Twitter, I think it's Brian Hoffman, was talking about how they are. Yeah, this is th- yesterday was the third straight rubber game that they've been shut out in. Wow! Um, and I don't you'd have to look. They only scored three in their in the fourth one. I'd have to look and see when they scored them. Um, but that's you know that's twenty seven, uh, twenty eight, twenty nine. Looks like thirty straight innings in rubber games where they haven't scored. Yeah. Um, that, and that's just you can't do that. 
Sure. I mean, I felt like the the getaway day on Wednesday, whenever I was there with the, mm-hmm. the in the national series. I I I am sorry that I'm bringing it up that I was there that much. Yes, no, I'm proud know. that I was, but that seems that's like important. that's all I talk about. That's but important. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, I mean, but, to be in the stadium is something. So don't 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 feel bad about that. Yeah. It, it, well, yeah, I appreciate it, but it was funny. It was almost like they had the plane to catch. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was that boring. I mean, it was quick at bats, in and out. You know, there was there was one rally late that they that they couldn't get out of that they couldn't get anything uh, get, uh going. But other than that, that's just kind of how I felt, and and I felt like there was more of a battle against Scherzer and uh, and uh, I'm drawing a blank on the, the reliever, uh, 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 Rainey. Yeah, Rainey was, and, and then he was the one that shut him down. Who was the one for that? The double uh, Hudson, Daniel Hudson, Hudson, the one yeah, that had Hudson. yeah, the, the yeah, double got the, got the Tommy John. Right. Yeah, you know where I thought that they could probably get it, make, get something to happen, and they showed more life in that game than anything. I did not realize it was the third in a row, which is really bothersome. <laughs> well, and it is, but then again, I mean, the the game you're talking about the, with Joe Ross that that sticks, especially when you go around the next time out and yeah. just destroy him. Um, yeah. you'd think maybe you could have done something. The game against Aaron Nola on Sunday, mm-hmm. yeah, what's as much you could do there? Exactly, uh, I agree, and I, I'm I'm a big fan of Nola anyway. Yeah, I mean he he had it going. I mean he put yeah. through just over a hundred pitches, went the distance. I mean it just I don't think that there was much the Cardinals could have done there. The, and then you go, you know, this game, you go up against Scherzer, and yeah, they had a chance there in the first inning, and that's what you have to do with a guy like Scherzer, right? Yeah. You have to you have to get to him early, and they didn't, and he got in his rhythm, and he shut down like 12 in a row. Um, and they were just fortunate enough that, although it didn't really wind up mattering, that he got enough pitches early on that he left after six instead of going seven or eight. Yeah. Um, again, it, it didn't matter, but yeah, his sequence to Carlson for that second out in the first inning was was impressive. Yeah, you know what but, I mean. He he yeah. had backed he backed Carlson into a corner to where the only way he was going to get out of it was but rolling the ball over. You know what I mean? It, mm. it was it was impressive to watch. And that's one of those things like you and I were texting back and forth during the game. You know what? The, the losses can stink, but I I enjoy good baseball. Yeah. You know, and to watch him do that, it was impressive. I still felt like they could win, and it's frustrating, but but it's still it, – it's I'll pat a pitcher on the back a lot of times in this. And I think that for me maybe it's – I don't know. It feels a little bit better to lose two to nothing, one to nothing, yeah. than to lose – like the 12 to one game that they lost against the Reds got, you know, just got blown out. Um a couple of games that they've had. They haven't had, honestly, they haven't had too many actual blowouts. They've had some games yeah. where they haven't necessarily been that competitive, but they have, but you know, they're which starting to lose those one or two run games, which is, I guess, better than losing 11 run games. I don't know. Exactly. And that's that two points I wanted to make on that. Mm-hmm. Um, that the losing the one or two run games, that's one of those that's going to be, that those are tough to swallow just because I feel like the bullpen is so much better than almost anybody else's. Yeah. You know what I mean? That yeah. that's gonna be tough. But you made the comment of they've either gotten blown out or blown people out or whatnot. That could actually factor in why I think they're actually kind of boring to watch some. You know, they're not mm-hmm. a lot of activity, but cause some of those games are five, six inning games. You know, you know what I'm saying? One way or the other. And sometimes yeah. not in the Cardinals' favor. So I, I that may be a factor. 
Yeah, I mean, you're right. Those, I, you know, as much as, as frustrating as the game on Tuesday was with Gagos walking the run in, there were things to talk about in that game. You know, whether you should have brought in Reyes at some point in time in that inning before uh, everything went down. You know, why didn't they pinch run for Yadier Molina in the ninth? Um, there were decisions that that were at least worth discussing. Yeah. Um, you know, decisions in a 12 to five game don't matter. You know, I mean, it's great when the Cardinals win that, but there's not a lot of, you know, getting engaged with this idea of what, you know, thinking along with the manager and stuff. So um, it doesn't feel like there's been just a lot of those options this year because the gap's been enough. So I don't know. We've talked a lot about Max Scherzer, there was an article out today and it's, it's all speculation. You know, the, the nationals are still only like a game or so out of first place, maybe a game and a half. Um, they are in last place, but you know, so are the Cardinals, um, you know, but if things don't go right for the nationals, would they trade Max Scherzer because he's a free agent at the end of the year and what teams would be interested in him? Obviously the Cardinals made that list. I, you know, you asked me before the show what it would take for the Nationals to sell. It feels like it's going to take quite a bit. Um, but uh, we're kind of in agreement. If Max Scherzer goes on the market, that's a move the Cardinals just have to be on. I would think so. I mean, I, that's that feels like the one that got away. And it goes into, you don't get Arenado to finish two games out of the last, uh, you know, wild card. So it's one of those to where, yeah, I think that that would happen. I think that they would probably be in play there. I, I, I'm, I am really skeptical. I honestly, I feel like they, the nationals are probably the fourth best team in that division. Mm -hmm. I mean it. And I may be completely wrong, but I do think that it would take a lot for them to uh, move him just from the fact that, I mean, they didn't even move Harper. You yeah. know, so yeah. that's that, that plays that that's in the back of my mind the whole time. Yeah, I talked to you know as doing the playing pepper series at the beginning of the season. Of course, that's a question I asked the national bloggers that um, that participated, and there were some, there were two this year, and both of them really would been they said they'd be very surprised if Scherzer didn't sign an extension with the team. Now, I don't know if Scherzer's negotiating into the season. So many players cut that off in spring training. Um, he may not be one of those. He may not, that may not matter to him if they negotiate during the season. Um, you know, it may be a situation where the nationals say, if they're in that kind of position, they say, look, we're going to trade you, but we're also going to talk to you this winter and see if you want to sign back here. Um, you know, and give you a chance to, especially if they're struggling, give him a chance to go somewhere good and then maybe come back. Now, the Cardinals, if they were going to trade for him, would obviously want to try to get him to stay, I would think, for at least a few more years. But the other side of that coin is you're not trading with the Rockies. Um, and so you'd have to give up <laughs> yeah. some actual actual talent and actual money. Given the situation, and I know you start getting into it, and maybe you wouldn't have to give up as much because he is a – free agent at the end of the year, you're only playing for two months. And a lot of times we start thinking, well, it's got to be this top prospect or that top prospect. It doesn't always work out that way. But if that's the situation, if you can get Max Scherzer with the, again, not knowing that you can sign him, 
maybe you think you can because of his connections to Missouri and all that kind of stuff. But if it costs either Gorman or Levertor, are you doing it? I, you know, I'm one that, that moves guys pretty easy. I, I mean, I feel like if that, if you're close enough to a playoff spot or you're holding on to a playoff spot where you feel like you can win it and you can get a Scherzer, I'm probably doing just about anything to get him. And, you know, so, yeah, there's going to be some people that don't like that. I just, I feel like that's a proven commodity that you're going to get uh, it for at least, you know, the two months that he's here. Mm-hmm. And that's, I feel like power plays well. The power pitching plays well in a playoff series, and the Cardinals lack that sometimes, you know, but I feel like that's a move you have to make. I mean, you have a playoff rotation, if that happened, of probably Flaherty and Scherzer. Well, Scherzer and Flaherty, probably, actually. And then, what, Wayne Wright? And then maybe Carlos Fortinez, depending on what we've seen out of him the rest of the year. Maybe KK, depending on how he goes. We haven't even talked about Miles Michaelis, but I don't – well, you know, I don't think – Yeah, that's it. I I still – I've said this for, you know, a month and a half. I think the – I know we're talking about a Scherzer trade, but I think somebody in the rotation you probably need to keep an eye on is Oviedo. Yeah. And Oviedo might be a guy that they would have to deal. But, I, I, you know, I mean, I do – I agree. Oviedo looks like he's going to pitch the sixth game of this – 17 stretch um he's gonna pitch in here somewhere yeah um, and um another performance like he had in the in the relief you know mm-hmm. when he was bailing out uh ponce i yep. i think that you're probably gonna see him pitch for a while could be and you know michaelis sounds like he's at least a month away um maybe more we've talked about that you know with just yeah, a general oh yeah. general fact of getting minor league starts and things like that it, you know we didn't expect it to see him till june and maybe not until the all-star break yeah um but yeah, I could I could see that. But I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's all well and good to have all that pitching, but you know, I guess it just depends on how confident you are that the offense is going to show up. Yeah, um, yeah. If if things are starting to click and there, then yeah, you go over that over the top. If not, well, I don't know. I really like to have Max Scherzer in, in St. Louis, and I don't, I don't. I mean, Maybe I you can get the Soto kid to come with you. <laughs> yeah, I just tossed that in there. <laughs> I'm I know, gonna tell you. Go ahead. ahead. No, no, I was gonna, I was gonna say that I know there's people probably out there screaming, "You got to do this trade and, and all that." Yeah. And I'm sure that's probably right thing to do, but um, it would be tough to see one of those guys do well. I mean, it'd be in Washington, so it would be in the division. Uh, but one of those guys really kind of do well after just a couple of months of Scherzer, especially if a ring didn't come with it. Yeah. If you feel like Gorman's close to Soto, then you probably need to hold on to him. I was really impressed with Soto. I'm telling yeah. you. I was that bat to ball skills was he was incredible. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know that he's uh <laughs> he's close to that. So Yeah, he's getting ready to make a ton of money. Yeah. So um All right. Well, I think that'll probably do it for, for this week. Um Next week, we will have um, Katie Wu uh, from The Athletic, who uh, is taking at least Twitter by storm, it seems like, um, and writing some good stuff over there as well. Um, So we'll see her next week. Um, Looking forward to that. Uh, Until then, Alan, is there anything we missed going over? Um, I, You know, I don't think so. We uh, covered up the 
you know, a lot of the mileage that we made and, and, uh, we don't have anything minor league to talk about. So yeah. Yeah. Minor league's just, still know. what, two weeks, May week 4th. and a half. Yeah. May, May 4th. 4th. Oh, yeah. Fine. So it's coming close. Yeah. Getting, getting, coming close. getting closer. I know that, uh, you know, I think some teams put out, uh, I know I saw Palm beach. I think maybe Springfield has started to sell tickets. Did you buy drillers? Oh, tickets? Yeah. Yes, I did. I, uh, have uh, I have two flex seat passes and I bought a third just because I knew that they were probably I, I don't know what capacity I've heard is going to be over 50 percent to start you know mm. Oklahoma's done well and I think that we're going to be okay but I wanted to secure some seats that I had and I want to make sure the uh, that I'll have a lot of the Springfield games I am really fired up about how double a baseball is kind of getting back to it was the it's this year it's it's reverting back to how it was when I was a kid. When a team came in, they stayed the whole week. So you would see those guys six or seven times. That's mm-hmm. how the homestands are going to work out now. Yeah. So if, there will be Springfield for a whole week, and I'm excited about that. And my one knock is they don't have many day games. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing better than taking off and going to a to a driller day game midday, but it's not many of them this year. Yeah, I need to look at uh, last year we were – starting to plan just in general, the idea of a group of us here in town going down to Little Rock to watch the uh, travelers play. And then of yeah. course everything went uh, belly yeah. up, but I um, need to, <laughs> to look and see if there's a weekend that works for everybody to try to do that. So, uh, but it's nice to, it's nice to have that coming back. You're right. Even if it's not at full capacity yeah, um, to have some sort of, of that semblance of minor league baseball coming back is, is a good thing. All right. Well, Cardinals, Reds this weekend. Um, then they play. Uh, boy, I lost it. Who who do they play next? Mets. Not the uh, Mets in for four, of course. Uh, no, the Phillies. Oh, that's right. The that's right. Yeah, yeah, they got the Mets Phillies. Is, yeah. I got the reason I say that is I had a good ten dollar ticket offer for the Mets <laughs> series. <laughs> I, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, yep, yep. It's the they'll finish their. It's kind of weird. I mean, quirks of schedules, of course. Yeah, but the be done here in April and you're done with the nationals and you're done with the Phillies. Um, it's kind of interesting. Um, doesn't mean a whole lot, but we just haven't, there's sometimes where you've really kind of gotten started at the year with a lot of national league central, but you know, they, they played the reds for three, they played the brewers for three about to play the reds again for three, but you know, they haven't played inside the division much. And so it's hard to necessarily judge them against everybody else. Um, yeah. And maybe the added juice will, We'll see a different team. You know what I mean? With the interdivision juice. I mean, I usually about this time is when you start getting out of that opening few weeks doldrums of playing a different time every day and whatnot. So hopefully we'll start seeing some more consistent baseball. Yeah. And it does. I mean, just the rhythm of it. Right. You know, you're right. They had the day, they had a lot of day games with the openers and the weekends they've had. Well, this is their fourth off day since the season started. So basically I had one day off a week. Yeah. Um, you know, they, it is kind of, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they've been on the East coast. They haven't had a stretch of, you know, seven fifteen games or six forty five yeah. session. Yep. Um, I mean, the, the three they've got coming up with the Phillies are really the first ones of that, um, you know, with, mm-hmm. uh, so it'd be interesting to see them try to kind of hopefully start getting into their rhythm, like you're saying. So, Anyway, we'll be here next week to talk about both of those series with Katie. Um, But until then, I'm Daniel. That's Alan. Good night. Good night. Alice said the second for one, the double play.
double play by Ozzie Smith. Oh, mercy. 